0: Hello there. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is Vision Eternity Ministries, and my name is Lee Klein. Jesus is coming, and he's preparing us for his return. He's letting us know how he feels. He's letting us know things to come and warning us that we're not ready. Let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you and praise you for teaching us your way, for, for warning us, for telling us that we're not ready, and especially for sharing your heart with us, how you feel, what you're thinking, and the direction that we can take to be ready to be your bride without spot or wrinkle. We love you, we praise you, we give you all the glory in your name. He is so wonderful. He is so wonderful, he wants us to know he doesn't want to be a mystery to us like so many think but he wants us to know everything about him we are so privileged that he would share his innermost feelings with us so i want to read to you we've been talking about revelation 19 7 and 8. let us rejoice and shout for joy exulting and triumphant let us celebrate and ascribe to him glory and honor for the marriage of the lamb at last has come and his bride has prepared himself suddenly it's going to happen suddenly it's going to be time suddenly we're not going to have any more warnings His and and the other part and his bride has prepared himself we have to get ready herself himself we have to get ready for jesus's coming we gotta get ready to marry him Verse eight: She has been permitted to dress in fine, radiant linen, dazzling in white. For the fine linen signifies is signifies represents the righteousness, the upright, just, and godly living deeds and conduct and right standing with God of the saints of God's holy people. This is the Amplified Classic Bible. So, um, we got to get ready, and when we're ready then, you know, the confusion, am I chosen? Am I gonna be the chosen one? People don't know that we choose because they don't look at the word of God. They don't give them enough time to get to know him. So, um, God God said this to me, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. Till death do us part. And I, I said, I understand what you're saying, Lord. I hear what you're saying. He's saying from the beginning, he created us because he wanted us. He wanted to be with us, and we betrayed him. We betrayed him, and, and it was so evil here on the earth. There was only one righteous man in his family, and we know that's Noah. Only Noah honored him. And he was so grieved that he was so angry. Think about his emotions, just having one person and their family who would honor you. He started over. He flooded the earth. You know, God's ways are so much higher than our ways. We think we know so much. Can you imagine those people thinking Noah was crazy it took him 100 years to build that ark and so they're walking around looking at him just like today if you tell somebody about jesus you're a freak you're overboard and and people actually like scoot away from you so fast like you have some kind of disease if you say jesus they don't want to hear about god and i imagine in the day of noah it was like that i mean we just want to be who we are and carry on You know, I was asking God what to base his feelings on today. And he gave me this, Romans 1.21. Because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead they became futile and godless in their thinking, with vain imaginings, foolish reasonings, and stupid speculations, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, professing to be smart. They made simple tunes of themselves. And by them the glory and the majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged and represented for images resembling mortal man, birds, beasts, and reptiles. Therefore God gave them up to the lusts of their own hearts, to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to degrading power of sin. Because they ch- exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped, and served the creature, the, the creature rather than their creator who is blessed forever amen so be it and it goes on you should read it so so God is saying pretty much if that's the way you want it you can have it that way but know that you've rejected him and it hurts him the other day we did a message about what Jesus has to do he has to separate good from evil He's separating those who will honor the Father from those who will not. It grieves him to have to start over again. He was rejected once and now he's being rejected again. He already knows what it feels like to be rejected. He's lived the for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. He's been through a lot of pain and agony over us. Have you ever felt rejected? Do you know what it feels like over and over again? To do good and to receive evil is painstaking. It hurts. And God has been hurting from the beginning, having to start over, having to drown all those people, the animals, to start all over again. And it's coming up, and he can already feel the pain again. Maybe you're thinking, well, how do you know this? He told me. He talks to me because I care. If you care, if you talk to him, if you take time for him, he's going to tell you how he feels, just like a friend. If you have a friend, that friend is going to tell you how they feel. If you're not friends, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, me too. And you're on your way. Remember what Jesus said to the five foolish virgins, I'm not acquainted with you. What's an acquaintance? He said he's not even acquainted with him. That means somebody you you, you walk by, in my thinking, I'm not really acquainted, but hello, goodbye. I really don't know who you are. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus? Do you think it's silly to know someone you can't see, but someone that can do all that he's done and really holds life and death in his hand? He created you, but you can't believe that he can live on the inside of you and talk to you and teach you and tell you things to come, recreate you in his likeness, prepare you to be that bride without spot or wrinkle? Are you catching on to what he's saying? Why is he calling us his bride? Why is he calling us his bride? Why is he saying he's the groom? He's asking you to commit to him. He's having a banquet for his son. And we're too busy to come. We're too busy to come to the table. And have a cup of coffee with him or a cup of hot chocolate with him and sit with him and get to know who he is and let let him reason with us why why lord can i do this why can i do that why don't you want me to do that if you have children do they ask you why i heard a little girl in the grocery store yesterday she said mommy why do they cut the heads off I assume she was talking about the chickens or the fish or whatever it was. You can ask him questions. He said that you can ask him. You can ask him for wisdom and he gives to all liberally without fault, finding James 1, 5. So what's he saying today? He's saying, will you fight the good fight of faith? Will you believe me even though it doesn't look like anything's happening? Will you trust me? Can you look at his word? Can you take the time to look at his word? Because if you can, he'll magnify that truth to you. He'll show you the truth. And he'll make his word come alive to you. And that'll give you that hope. And that'll help you to fight, to go through for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. Which is what you have to do. Jesus said you're gonna be persecuted because of me. You mentioned Jesus to someone, and they're not going to like you. Not everyone is. So often I would stop um, because people wanted to ask me questions about my dogs. And we'd be having this conversation, and it seemed so nice. And then Jesus would say, tell them about me. And then I would tell them, and they headed out as soon as they could. They just wanted to get away from me. And then through that experience, I was like, you know I'm going to be ruining this conversation, right, Lord? And and then I thought to myself, how horrible of me to even think that. The other day, he tells us, you know, he's separating good from evil. And if you will do anything he tells you to do, sometimes it will be going through, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. And really, the only thing that is scaring you is the enemy putting his thoughts in your mind. Just the other day, I was walking. I was walking past an ice cream shop. And when I have my dogs along, everybody, it seems like I have everybody's attention, especially because my, my little Macy, I have to put her in a stroller because she gets sick of walking. When I first got her, she used to run five miles with me every day. And now she's she's a little older, and she doesn't want to do the whole route. She figures out when we're on our way back, and that's when she wants to sit in the stroller. Anyway, so I saw this little tiny spoon on the ground, and God asked me to pick it up. And it isn't the first time he's asked me to do that. He's looking out for the birds. You know, they, they can get things stuck in their mouths and... That that plastic if they chewed on it could cut them and but you know. So anyway, as I thought everybody was looking at me, I said, God, really do I have to do that? And of course he didn't answer me, but I felt that tug on my heart, and so I turned around and I picked it up and as I did I looked and not one person was looking at me. And I'm telling you that to tell you the enemy puts that in your in your thoughts. I had a lot of rejection in my life and so that is a, a, a button he likes to push. And all that rejection I went through really helped me when I started talking about Jesus because I get that rejection all over again. But think about how God is being rejected. Think about what Jesus went through, the rejection he had. They spit in his face, they called him names. They persecuted him. They killed him. And so what he's you saying today? Will you humble yourself? Will you do it? Will you do this for me? For better, for worse, for richer, for poor? Till death do us part? You know what that means. That means will you be engaged with me? And will you marry me? Will you actually meet me at the altar? Or will you have given up before that time comes? He's longing for you to be there. He's longing for you to be standing there where you can't wait to touch him, to lay your eyes on him, to feel his physical touch. He's so in love with you. And all he's ever wanted was you to know how good he is and how much good he wants for you. He wants the best life, ever for you. He wants to show you more than you have. I said that to my son this morning. I'm asking you to give these things up because I want to show you better. If you want to move on from where you are, you got to let go of where you're at. And sometimes it's so hard for us to let go. You can't imagine letting go of relationships, especially if it's family. But is it worth Jesus? Is it worth your everlasting, eternal life? This life here is temporary. And even if it's your family, if if they don't want to marry Jesus, then you have to get that in your head out of time that you got to let go. And even if you you know that and you're thinking that, still, when when you start going through it, it's not easy at all. But, you know, I always heard time is a healer. In this last year, I had to go through some hard things. And time does work. It does work. If you give God time, if you wait on him, he can make it better. The things you didn't want to do or let go of, if you let go of them, you know, even when they're gone, you can still hang on to them, be stuck to them. You know what he said to me when I was in that place? When I said, I want it back, I want her back. I want this back. I don't want to let go. He said, well, then it's your God. If you can't let go of it, then it comes before me. Who has done the most for you ever? Who gives you breath? Who meets your needs? Who's giving you your family and your friends? Who is it about? Bow down to him for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. It's God's dream that you come and live with him forever in the new heaven and the new earth. In the new heaven and new earth, there's not going to be any evil. He's going to have sorted all those people out before, just like he did in the day of Noah. Not that it doesn't hurt him or grieve him or that he wants to do it, but he he has to do it. He has to do it. He has to do it for the good of those who are calling out to him can you imagine right here and right now all the people that are saying when are you coming i can't do this anymore think of what some of the people are going through what hurts me the most is the little children that are being mistreated the little children that are being taught no morals no values you can be or do anything you want to do no instruction no guidelines They don't even have a chance to choose God because they're being taught wrong. Some of the words that come out of these little children is, to me, unbelievable. What are we teaching our children? You will be accountable. If you're listening and you're teaching your children evil, you will be held accountable. Jesus said what you do to these children you're gonna be accountable for. Whoever takes away, takes Jesus away from them. He said it'd be better for you to drown in in the sea, to tie a a milestone around your neck and jump into the sea, something like that. You get it, you're gonna answer because they have no one to look to except for you. And so it matters what you teach them. If you don't believe in Jesus, they're not going to be believing Jesus. If you're giving up your eternity, they're giving up their eternity because they're going to they're going to believe what you tell them. I didn't know I was going here today, but anyway, Jesus loves you. In Re- Revelation three twenty, he said. Revelation three nineteen, he said he dearly and tenderly loves those he corrects. Let him correct you. Let him tell you right from wrong. Let him tell you so you can tell your children and they can tell their children. I, I just, when I go down the street, there's so many people that don't know Jesus. Or they know a little bit about him, but they tell me things like, well, I don't have a Sunday school or a church to take my little girl to. But we got Google. If you don't have a church, you, you got a Bible. You can go to Bible Gateway. Jesus will come and live on the inside of you. And then you can teach your children. It's good to have a church. But if you're in a place right now where you you still haven't found one, you can start right there. Get on your knees. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said if you will obey him, he'll come and live on the inside of you. He said he's knocking at the door of your heart, and if you would heed his voice, he would come and live on the inside of you and he would be your God, and he would teach you, and you'll be able to hear him. My sheep know my voice. If you love me, you'll obey me, and I'll show myself to you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for showing us who you are. We thank you so much that you don't hold anything back from us, that you want us to know who you are. We're privileged, we're privileged to know what you're thinking. We're privileged. We are so privileged to know what you're thinking, that you would share your innermost thoughts with us. And we love you and praise you and give you all the glory for it. Now, if you said that prayer and you meant it, you are going to feel him living on the inside of you. If you meant what you said, and you're going to commit to him, he's going to be your God, and you're going to be his people. He's going to look out for you. He's going to teach you. You're allowing him to love you when you honor him. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.